Welcome to another episode of the Deserve Podcast. Our new name used to be Lift 100. So if you're checking us out, uh, I just found us, believe it or not, on Audible this morning. So if you go to Audible, where you can find podcasts, you can actually search Deserve Podcast, and you'll find us. I got a nice little artwork that Anthony did that says Deserve right on it. So uh, glad to be speaking with you this afternoon, a long, busy day. We do these on Friday. We do our live webinars on Wednesday night, and then uh, we usually do a training with all our advisors across the country on Thursday. And then Friday, we kind of wrap up the day here, and uh, we do a little bit of the answer some of the questions that came up from this past Wednesday night's webinar, which was titled The Widow Trap. And, uh, you know, it was something a little personal to me, a little personal to my co-guest here, my co-host, co, that's actually our CFO. So it's uh, Danielle Carlson Murphy. She's, uh, she used to be with me on the radio program. So she'd come in and do uh, emails with Danielle. So once we stopped doing the radio, live radio, uh, every now and then she joins us in the podcast room. So uh, welcome, Danielle. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Brett. So uh, the widow trap, Danielle, and, and when I say it's something personal, we, we both went through it, right? So um, my mom lost her husband. He was 67 years old, my dad, when he passed. And, you know, that's something that we really never prepare for. And in both cases, our losses were were traumatic. It was really difficult for us as children. So you lost your mom. Correct. Battle yes. of cancer. And then your dad was the widower trap, right? So, you know, last night we talked about it. And we've got some some questions that came in from some of the people on the uh, on Wednesday night. I'm sorry. Um, that came in and they're, they're really, you could tell that people are, are finding themselves in these traps and it's, it's really, it's sad, you know, they're going through some of the worst times in their lives and they realize, my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm losing a, a large portion of our income. So, you know, for my mom, they lost her share of social security and she got to keep my dad's. My father-in-law, my mother-in-law predeceased him from lung cancer and, uh, she basically lost her social security and he just gets his but in, in his case he still had two car payments you know he had a lease payment and he had a, a another car payment and you know you lose that but at the same time you got the same house you got the same heating costs you got the same air conditioning you've got the same plow the driveway you've got the same property taxes if there's a mortgage payment left so there's a lot of things that are are left behind but the government is very quick to take away income and it's it's something that it's it, it's very upsetting for people that go through this, and it's it's debilitating for others, right? When they're just caught and they're in the prime of their retirement years, and that's why they call it the widow trap because the government doesn't have a real, I don't know, they they don't really care. They're not very empathetic. It's rules and laws. So you lose the income of one spouse, you know, the lower of the two. I guess that's some consolation prize. But then you also find yourself filing tax returns as a single filer. You know, why don't they have a category, right? That's like yeah, that's a, a widow or a widower. And, and why do we have to hit them and make them go back and pay higher tax rates when they've now lost part of their money and their expenses may not change? You know, what? so as someone said to me, well, what, isn't the food budget less? I mean, come on. You got people that are in retirement. It's, yeah, maybe it's a little less food that they're buying what do you, you know, buy one steak instead of two? I, I don't understand that. But at the same time, when people lose a spouse, they tend to go out and, and eat. You know, they go out and eat at the diner or they yeah. go meet friends more often. 
So anyhow, you know, today's topic is is a little bit more because we also handle the retirement perfect storm. So if, if you have never been to one of our webinars, which I really hope you can go, that's uh, every Wednesday night we do it at seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, it's typically done for all the new ad respondents from our TV commercial. So you know, literally thousands of people get the invite every week, and then we get our signups. You know, our signups are going through the roof, and then you get half of those people that show up. So you've been good enough to come in and you're going to uh, handle some of the questions here that we weren't able to uh, do on the webinar. We ran out of time. The questions have two pages of questions here. So uh, we're going to go through some of these, talk about them. Uh, you know, obviously, I'd love for you to sound, you know, chime in if you want on, on some of the questions. Um, but again, you know, just in this whole thing of the widow trap, it's real, right? I mean, oh, it's, it's very a, real. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sad. And it, it compounds. You have emotion, and then you have financial, which yeah. is worse. Right. Well, it's definitely when you put them together, it's it's the it is perfect storm of a, it's a disaster. It's a yeah, disaster. yeah. And then today we've got to worry about everything else we cover in the retirement perfect storm. We got taxes. Um, you know, there's some things in here that we're just living in some kind of matrix world here in this country because of the way that the, this government, our government, just believes that they can continue to just print money. Hey, we don't have enough. Hey, print some more. And there's just this, this somehow this naive concept that this just will always go on this way. And it doesn't work that way. And, you know, I, I constantly showcase Rand Paul because I believe that he has it right and that he's trying to be responsible and that he's frustrated with everyone else in Washington. He's saying, guys, we just can't do this. We've got to become a responsible government. We can't keep printing money. And if you try to catch some of the news feeds from around the world, you know, you'll hear stories in, in, in China. You know, you can read articles that have been written in, in China, but they've made it their way to the U.S. and they've obviously been transcribed into English. And you listen to how other countries just look at us and they say, you know, this country is out of control. Why are we putting everything behind the dollar? They just get to print it and everyone else in the world suffers because they don't have enough of their own currency. So uh, a lot of potential problems. And that's why we call this uh, the gathering of the perfect storm. So um, the, the webinar, I guess, if you uh, if you have never been to it, I don't know if there's a way um, that we can give that to them through the podcast. Right. And we'd have to come up with some other way of doing it. Um, I guess the. Uh, Maybe we can put a link on DeserveMagazine.com. So we'll look at DeserveMagazine.com. Check it out. If there's a link there to sign up for the webinar, we'll try to build one on that page. But right now, if you haven't seen that, that's the sister to the podcast, the DeserveMagazine.com. You can go check out the latest articles in the newest issue of Deserve Magazine. You can go backwards and read some of the other articles that we've had. So this is our magazine. Uh, we build it here. We have a, a great team that puts the magazine together. and Beautifully all, done. Beautifully it, done. It is. I'm really... Really pleasing to the eye and the content I'm is the, really great. One of the most... Thing, I'm probably one of the most proud things that I have done in my life has been a part of Deserve Magazine because it is a really good magazine. It's not, you know, 20% content and 80%, you know, ads. There's a couple ads... And but it's mostly our content. And I think that's what our readers like so much is they don't have to look around for an article or jump through seven pages to, to read the end of the story. Um, it's, it's a really well presented magazine, high Great. quality. And it is a paper version, guys. So if you 
If you go to DeserveMagazine.com, I'm sure the team has built a way to subscribe and get the actual hard copy sent to you. So let's jump into the questions, Danielle. Let's see what we can do here. All right. I'm gonna read, I'll read you one. Okay. Uh, please comment on the financial impact of what has happened in Washington the last week. The 600-plus point drop today, and do you believe the 10% growth projection for 2021 by most ec- economic forecasters is in jeopardy? Okay, so a lot of qu- lot of things in that question, mm-hmm. right? So that was Wednesday. So we had a 600-point drop Wednesday. I think we had another 600-plus point drop today on Friday. Um, and again, the, the problem with that, so let's address that first, right? So we've had these drops. No one cares. I don't even know if it'll be on the news tonight. It might be because the week was a bad week. Like if you go back and look, when do we have a bad week like this? It might have been pre-COVID or, you know, right when COVID uh, popped into our country that we had a bad week like this. But the reality is, is no one is really worried because we've come to this point where when a market drops 600 points, even a thousand points, people just believe that tomorrow is a better day. And that's, the scary part, that's what I usually refer to in a retirement perfect storm as the behavior, the investment behavior, where money just comes back. It, it just happens. It's, it's like dropping a basketball on a, on a concrete patio. You drop it, it's going to bounce back up. Well, that's what I think most people believe the markets will do. So um, I don't know that this is it, right? I don't know. It, it's kind of funny when you're trying to predict a dire situation. I don't know that anyone knows, and that's the problem here, is, is this it? I don't think so. I don't know that there's enough um, things going on. I think this has a lot to do with this crazy GameStop thing that's going on. And, uh, you know, that is is insane what's going on there. It just shows how the, how the markets can be so easily manipulated, especially with technology and, you know, people sitting home with COVID and getting uh, government monies to go become a, a you know, a, a do-it-yourself investor, I guess. So the other part is is really difficult too, and that's that ten percent growth. Um, in addition to everyone thinking that the markets will always bounce, and twenty twenty is likely going to be one of the culprits to this behavior, this investment behavior. So we had a world pandemic, literally came around the world, ended up in the United States, um, kicked our butts, took a break, kicking our butts again. Uh, I just had plans to fly down to see my mother in, in uh, February for her birthday, mm-hmm. made all the plans, rented the car, took advantage of prepaying for the car because it's cheaper, so did that, um, booked the airplane flights. Like I, I got lured in by the $85 round trip price and ended up paying $425 for two tickets round trip. So that's amazing how they do that because you actually want to sit in a seat and you want to bring a bag, right? So um, that's part of the problem. And you have to pick your seat. Right. So so last night and, and be careful with that picking the seat, Danielle. People don't like when you do that on an airplane, but um <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> so when, when when I got the call last night, so I'm in Lowe's and I'm buying an insulated curtain for my front door because it's like five degrees out last night and the wind was blowing. I get a call and it's my mother. She goes, Why didn't you call me back? And I said, Well, I didn't know you called. I, I've had, you know, hundred and fifty calls and a thousand emails today. Sorry, mom, I didn't see that you call. And she goes, well, what are you going to do? And I said, what do you mean? Oh, she goes, you didn't listen to my message either. I go, no, that's how I know you didn't call. I didn't know either one. She goes, well, COVID is going crazy in our complex right now. So she's down in Vero Beach. Oh. It's beautiful. I was really looking forward to going down and seeing her. 
And apparently, you know, one of the couples left the compound. It's like Seinfeld, right? Boca, was it Boca? Del Vista? Boca Vista. Del Boca Vista. So, uh, you know, they a couple went out and they broke the rules and they went and played shuffleboard someplace and they got COVID and they didn't know. So they come back and they give COVID to everybody else that's playing shuffleboard. And it just ended up being the shuffleboard, shuffleboard COVID-19 disaster. Oh, so, you know, it's friends of hers, friends of ours, mine who are down there as well and live in the same building that she's in, and they got it. And these are 80-year-old people, right? So this is a serious thing. And uh, I was like, okay, so... Um, yeah, no, you can't go I, down. They don't see me going down as much as I would do it. I just don't think that they're on such edge. Now down there, they, they actually go outside and they could sit in the little grass by where they park their car. The community center's closed. The pool is closed. The the you know the the whole area is just shot because now it's there, right? Mm. It's it's no longer just the story. And they weren't doing a lot of mask wearing in Florida. Well, now they're all wearing the masks. So she told me last night I'm supposed to go next uh, Super Bowl Sunday. I was supposed to fly out of town, so that got pushed off. So um, anyhow. When we go to the the fact, that was that for a nice long loop to yeah. come back? But I, I I know where I left off. So I bring that up because the pandemic didn't sink the markets. It did hurt it, right? It, it was a it was definitely a, a quake. It hit and it it made a huge impact, but nobody was really that scared. I didn't see anybody. You know the the old saying, oh nobody was lined up at the bridge, you know, to jump. It, that wasn't it. No one really cared. And it's because I think everyone, including me, and we did a podcast, and I mentioned it in the podcast, this will be a V-shaped recovery, and it'll bounce right back. That's exactly what everybody thought, and I believe we actually willed that to happen because the market's recovered in six months, totally recovered, and actually went to the high side. We closed the year 16% higher in the Mm S&P. How in the world did we gain 16 points on the S&P when at the beginning of the year, we had already hit record tops. Like, how did we encounter a world pandemic? It's not over by any stretch of the imagination. And how did we recover? So we had a 16-point run this year. Personally, I would have said the year would have been flat to negative. That's what I was, that was my own personal forecast for 2020. Now, 2021, um, maybe we're just in opposite worlds. Maybe it's that other sign. No, the other opposite. George. The other George. Maybe that's what we're in. We're in the opposite world. So bad news is good news somehow. So when it comes to predicting, the good thing about our business is that we're not on that side. We're not about growth. We don't try to help people make more money. That's not what we do. That's not the purpose of our retirement blueprinting process. It's not what we do. What we're trying to help people have is visibility. When do you have enough? If you have enough money, do you need the risk? And these are the things that we talked about. I was talking to one of the clients that we've had for a couple of years now. And he said, you know what got me into your program, Brent? You know what I really liked is you challenged me for why am I adding more money to the bucket that goes to my children? I said, yeah, you were the one that told me you weren't doing this for your children. I said, I know that will change when you get older. He goes, yeah, but I don't need more. And I said, yeah, but it took you a year and a half to figure that out. You know, the truth of the matter is, is that we really do need to know when we have enough. And I think that's when you use a blueprint the way we do the blueprints, you can actually see each row of your life and you can look at the expenses and the income that you'll have during those years. You'll see your taxes and you'll see your market growth. And and we use uh, the last 20 years of the S&P. So it's not like we're giving um, 
you know, a, a rosy picture or, you know, a, a voice of doom, we use the last 20 years of the S&P. So as far as where do we go in our world, we can't tell you where the ups will be. What we can tell you is that there's a, there is a major, there's a major reason to be aware of downside. Lots of them. Taxation, market bubble. You know, we keep talking about the the uh, Schiller P.E. ratio. If you haven't checked that out, it's the Schiller P.E. ratio. Do a Google search and it will tell you what companies are being valued at versus what they earn. And remarkably, when you look at the Dow, the Dow or the S&P on the Schiller P.E. ratio, there's really only two other times in history where companies have been valued this high. Right. If you look at the number and you take the graph that they give you and you just keep going back to the left, you'll only bump into the line one other time. And again, it's if you do it in the, the S&P, you'll hit the line twice. If you do it in the Dow, you'll hit it once. So if you go past from the Dow, so take and I think that's Schiller P.E. 34. It changes, you know, often. So if you go left from 34 on the graph, you're going to bang into the line against on the upside of the 2000 stock market. That's the, that's the line you're going to hit. Once you go past that, it never touches again. The only thing close is the Black Tuesday just before the great stock market crash that turned into the Great Depression. What does that mean? So when you're looking at the growth of your companies and you're expecting all this, you know, the markets to go up, guys, you have to think about where's it going up from? You know, what does it actually mean? What, what do you own? You know, and when we challenge people to understand what's in their portfolio, they don't know. They know companies are good. Hey, I love Amazon. I tell, talk about Amazon all the time, but Amazon right now is trading at 98 times its earnings, which means that I'm paying for Amazon today what it's worth when it, it increases it its income, its bottom line by 98 times. So I'm really betting into the future. Like how many years before Amazon does 98 times more money, more earnings? That's what people need to get a hold of. So we're, we're hoping for another 10%, but is that even good? If we get a 10% rise this year, is that not just creating higher valuations? Is it not just increasing the bubble more? And the bubble is what we need to be looking at. Now, I'm not a doomsdayer here. I, I do have a dire prediction. I just don't know when it's happening. It's kind of like, you know, it, it, it's easier to predict a hurricane. You could tell a hurricane coming off the coast of Africa, and you could pretty much know in a week who needs to be looking out for it. This will not give anyone that kind of indication. And this whole thing with GameStop could actually be what happens. You know, these, these young people that are buying that stock up, it's up 400% in a week. Now, there are people that are buying that stock. They're doing it because someone has shorted the stock and they know that someone's got to buy that position. So they're making a fortune, but what they're not realizing is at some, play, some point, they'll still own it and it'll just evaporate. Mm. You know, whether that company was going to survive or not, it's hard to tell. They were closing a lot of retail locations. Their model was struggling. They could have been a bankrupt company, and here they are having record profits. So I, I hope that people, especially if you're a baby boomer, you're in our generation, and you're trying not your generation. Danielle's not quite a baby boomer. No, I, I, I am. She's not. Um, so in my generation, what we what we really need to understand is, do we have enough? Is the risk worth the reward? The, the blueprints we build do that. But 
most importantly, it's okay. My daughter, who used to say it? FMO, fear of missing out, FMO, right? So the FMO, what's the FMO? The fear of missing, F-O-M-O, FOMO, that's it, FOMO. So (laughs) FOMO, oh boy, I always age myself when I do these things. So the FOMO is what so many of us have when it comes to the market. God forbid we get out and the market goes up 15%. I mean, it's just catastrophic, right? This, mm-hmm. But when it goes the other way, people would be praying that they could go back in time and get out when they had all these profits. So it's somewhere in the middle is where people should be going. You know, that's that's kind of our bucket challenge, right? If we say, how much should be in your safe bucket? How much should be in your risk bucket? And uh, you know, when we talk about that, it's, it's funny, the first thing we get hit with is questions about growth. So if you're asking me, long answer to a very short question, do I believe 10% growth for 2021? I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't bank on it. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be searching for it. I would be careful. I would be saying, okay, if it comes, I'll have a certain amount of money that can grow by that. Mm-hmm. But if it goes the other way and it is the big one, what was the big one? George Jefferson. <laughs> it's the big one. Um, you don't remember that? When he always I, said I he had a heart know, attack? I don't know if it was George Jefferson. <laughs> it was George Jefferson. Or, mm-hmm. or was it Fred Sanford? It was Sanford Fred Sanford, and right. Son. Sanford That's, and Son. Okay, yeah, so now I'm really Sanford. dating myself. So we don't know when that is the big one coming, but we do know that it will come. It's just a matter of time. So if you're into gambling, I always tell people it's a lot faster to go to the casino, but if you're... If you're willing to put it all on the line for the extra growth that you're going to leave to somebody someday, then that's a it's a decision that you make, and then you just be at peace with it. So, okay, let's move on. What's a, what's another question that we had? Okay, let's see. Um, here's one. Uh, Fed Chief Powell just spoke today. Oh boy. It would have been Wednesday, and said he had some more tools and doesn't see debt as a problem. Well, rumor has it that he was caught shopping at Home Depot and discovered the craftsman <laughs> tools section. Um, I don't know what Powell is talking about when it comes to tools to fight inflation. Um, it's historically been an interest rate game, right? So they would raise interest rates when inflation starts to get nasty. Um, why do they do that? Well, inflation is supply demand. If there's a lot of demand and people have lots of money, then the merchants will raise prices, right? That's inflation. They mm-hmm. raise the prices. So in the past, the inflation is, let's jack up the credit card interest rates and people won't spend the credit cards. That'll curb inflation. I don't think that's how they'll do it. And I think if one of the tools up his sleeve is to go back to the president and Congress and say, you guys need to jack the taxes up. Because if you think about it, if you really want to pull money out of the economy quickly, raising interest rates on credit cards and you know auto loans... That, that's a it's definitely an effective way and it has worked. But if you go back in time, that was done to the double digit level with interest rates back, you know, in, in the 70s, right, when they had double digits, early 80s. And that was how they curtailed the great stagflation that was going on. But when you look at what today, that would be so catastrophic for our government because it is the biggest debtor on the planet. So raising rates wouldn't be a great idea for the Fed because that's just going to jack up the debt and the printing of money. What I think will happen is they'll use the Donald Trump scapegoat and they'll say, because of Trump, we got to jack taxes up. Your payroll is going to now think about this. This is a really interesting concept. If they jack the taxes up on your paycheck 
and your paycheck was $200 less every month, what mm-hmm. would that mean? You'd, yeah. you'd feel it, right? You'd definitely feel it. So now let's compound that. You got that going up, and then you got inflation. So if you've got inflation, raising the prices of what you buy, food, mm-hmm. oil, gas, etc., and your money's going down, what would you do? You wouldn't go anywhere. But what would you do financially? What would be the first thing? If you were putting 10% of your money into your 401k, what would you do? Stop. Half, maybe. So now what happens? That means the markets mm-hmm. no longer have this conveyor belt. You know, I do the Lucy and Ethel chocolate thing on, on right. the webinar. The conveyor belt slows down going into Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And that could be the landslide that we're looking at. And it's something that people aren't even talking about. Like this is a potential hazard that inflation with less money in our pocket means no money going in the 401k means the stock markets crash and boom, you know, we're in a Great Depression. Like it could happen that easily. So whatever Powell found for his tool, mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping it was a screw gun, but there's a chance it'll be a screw job if he's really talking about using things like this other than raising interest rates. There's only so much the Fed can do. You know, they control monetary policy. So I think the, you know, this modern monetary theory of printing money has just been, it's been accepted because it's better than the reality. So I, I don't know what his tools are. I don't know what he's talking about. But for him to say he doesn't see debt as a problem, if he was working for me, he would not be there tomorrow. I would say, wait a minute, you're in charge of this and you don't see this as a problem, you're the problem. That's how it works, right? If you don't see the problem, you know, if there's somebody in the room who's a sucker and you you don't know who the sucker is, it's probably you, right? So that's what we need to do. We need to say that guy and that whole process is insane. We need to get rid of him. So um, I'll look into it, but I don't know what the tool would be, unfortunately. Okay. What do we got next? Okay, here's historically market goes up for first year presidency, of presidency. Do you think that will change this year? Is that a presidency when they break down the walls uh, and doors of the Capitol building? Is that how, is that, how that works? So, um, you know, historically, it, it's interesting. I, I love the use of the word history, right? Mm-hmm. History is, I was watching a, a show on um, Ireland and, and like, that's history, you know, when they talk about things that are thousands of years old, I have I have a favorite beer in the summertime. It's called Weinstefner. Like the, the name goes all the way around the label. And it's an amazing beer. And they have a special uh, brew that comes out on an anniversary that was their 500th year when they were a brewery. When you look at the top of the label, it says the brewery was established in 1040. That's history, right? That's history. When people talk about history and in terms of modern things like stock market um the united states it's not really history yet it's it's really not you know and when people talk about the stock market um how old is it really you know i it's i say the modern stock market occurred in in early 1980 when ronald reagan and and the uh the welcoming of the 401k where people could actually start using the stock market for retirement savings. I think that's the birth of the modern stock market. So when when someone is saying um, this is a new president, there's only been 46 of them, right? What's a Joe is 46, right? I think he's Joe 46. 
So if he's the 46th, <laughs> many times you can throw out a whole bunch of them that happened before the modern stock market. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think what's going on, uh, that man's going to have, he's going to have like writer's cramp. He's signing a whole lot of executive orders. I think he's up to almost 40 right now. Um, I've looked at a graph on that. He is so far ahead of everybody else. I think you could add up all the other presidents and you don't get 40. This is how how hard Biden is using the pen and the executive uh, orders. Um, I think that this could be, I, I don't know that this country can handle what the what the far left wants. I don't know that we have that kind of money. I, I often used to say that Obama, who I, I'm a fan of, of all presidents, because I'm a I'm a patriot, mm-hmm. and I and I I will support Joe Biden. I I I don't I don't think he was the right guy for the job right now, but he was the other guy, right? And and Trump has his issues too. So the bottom line is the president takes a lot of heat for what's really going on behind the scenes, which is is Washington D.C. But he's got the whole band, the chorus. He's got everything behind him right now, and I'm very concerned that this. We're, we're losing our work ethic because of COVID. People are working from home. Government's sending us money. Um, this could be the year that it breaks. You know, this could be the year that the bubble does pop. I don't know because I'm wrong often about this because things that are bad end up being good for the markets. Um, we all thought a blue wave was going to be the end of the stock market. It's done nothing mm-hmm. but go forward, upward until this week, right? This has been a bad week. So um, I don't know. And again, uh, in our world, we don't care. We're in the protection, distribution, tax efficient side. And and often these questions are targeted from people who are always thinking about growth. And when we talk about that, we say, no, no, that's not what we do. We're not the growth people. We protect, we preserve, and we find tax efficiency for you. Mm -hmm. So that question goes to the Ken Fishers of the world. That question on the growth, and they'll tell you, oh, yeah, you're going to get nine this year, 10. Hey, we did 16 last year with COVID. Let's get another 16. That's why the investment behavior is part of the retirement perfect storm. That, that idea that we just keep going onward and upward and anything that's bad only lasts a couple weeks is the recipe for disaster in retirement. And it will be the baby boomers because there'll be a rebound. The crash will happen with the baby boomers. And then there'll be opportunities for young people to, to get back into a growing, rebounding U.S. economy. But this thing's got to be torn apart pretty heavy. It's mm-hmm. got to fail pretty hard now um, to get back on the right track. And uh, I just hope they don't screw the dollar up so bad, devalue the dollar so bad that China, which, by the way, there's one economy in the world major economy, that grew in 2020. You know who it was? China. China. Everyone else, with all COVID, China grew their economy. China has military might that it actually dwarfs ours. I know we don't want to know that, but it Mm. does. So we've got to be really careful. This whole thing with Hong Kong and, and Taiwan and this whole South China Sea that could be the problem that pops everything. We just don't know. So the only thing I can say is don't ask me because I can't give you growth or investment advice. But I can tell you safe avenues. And I've, I've, been, I've been blessed with having so many good financial ex- experts around the country that I 
that I talk with and meet with and share ideas with. So I'm kind of a, I'm kind of that hub, you know, where I got a lot of really smart people that I get to pick their brains and they like to offer me their advice. So I, I kind of feel like I am fairly well informed because I have, you know, four or 500 mm-hmm. people that, that are all in the, in the world of taking care of money. Um, so on the growth side, talk to your growth person. If you went to the last webinar, I keep saying you need to have that third person. If you're going to have a decision, this is part of, I think it's an engineering, they call it the triangle fuzzy, it's, uh, which is a strange name. But the idea is that if you're, if you're an engineer and you just came up with this new design for this bridge and it just looks bizarre, like some of these bridges look today, and you go to your engineering buddy and that buddy says, yeah, I think it'll work. Well, that's not enough. Engineers will not be satisfied if just two people that maybe collaborated are okay with it. That means it's good. They'll actually go get another opinion. And I think that works in the medical field, right? You, mm-hmm. you always want to go get a second, second opinion. opinion. But third. we don't do it in finance. So we talk about this adding somebody. No one likes the idea of getting rid of somebody they've been with for a long time, 12 years. He's been my trusted advisor. He calls me on my birthday. No one wants to get rid of that person, but they they should have another opinion. And, and that's where we try to insert our thinking and our planning to say, okay, let's get somebody who handles that bucket, that safe bucket. And if you, if you just compare it to the medical field, you know, most people have multiple doctors. Like my doctor wouldn't say, uh, you know, hey, I want to do your, your echo on your heart. He sends me to a specialist. I got a heart doctor, right? You go see the heart doctor. And then they say, well, I want you to go get your endoscopic done. He doesn't do it. He doesn't pull out that machine and say, good luck, here it goes. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, when I had mine done, the doctor was trying to comfort me. And he says, one in a thousand people might have a problem. We have to do surgery. And just before they put the gas on me, I looked up to him and I say, doc, what number am I? <laughs> so uh, that's actually an absolutely true story. Next thing I know, I was boom out, woke up going, what the hell just happened? So, uh, you know, it, it, we want people to realize that you should have multiple people to talk to, but there's a fear. That's the strange thing I haven't figured out yet. There is a fear in talking to someone and it will prevent someone from getting free, really good advice to the point where, you know, they won't answer their telephones. I just don't get it. Right. So what we hope anyone that's listening to this podcast, that's part of our world and requested blueprints, don't, don't not talk to us. Like if someone calls from our organization they're not calling to, to sell you uh, an extended warranty on your car. They're calling to answer questions and to help you understand what we talk about here and how they fit into that role. So I encourage you to, to at least expose yourself to that other, that other way of thinking and embrace another person in your life. So when that tsunami's coming and you see the wave pulling back, someone's telling you it's a, it's a tsunami, right? Don't stand like a, there. A diagnostic. In the doctor field, it's like a diagnostic. It's that second opinion, yeah. third opinion, yeah, right? It's, yeah. it's, or get your testing. Yeah. We talk about that investment behavior. If, if you're used to the COVID rebound and you expect everything to be a V-shaped recovery, I'll tell you who the person will confirm that. That's the person that's managing your finance and trying to get that 10% growth. They're going to tell you, hey, the market came back after COVID. You're safe. <laughs> we can't possibly mm-hmm. have that happen again. It's not, it's not how it works. Right. So do we have any other, what do we have left on the clock? We're done. 
All right, and it's giving me the quit. Right, we'll save these for next time. We'll save some more. We'll get some more. We're doing another. Oh, by the way, next week, next Wednesday night, really good webinar. Right, I'm going to be working on this one all week. Uh, we're going to be tackling annuities, right? So uh, it's funny. People hate annuities. Like they, oh, I don't want to talk about annuity. Like, what? What are you talking about? There's a hatred, and I'm going to expose that, and I'm going to expose the people that have caused that to happen. Now, we're going to show the bad. There are really bad annuities, and we're going to show the really good. So I hope everyone can show up for next Wednesday's uh, webinar, which is, uh, what did we call it? I forget. Uh, it's too late in the day. It's about the the lies and the misinformation from some of the most trusted financial experts, something like that. Look for it in your email. Um, Danielle, thanks for, for coming in and oh, sure. throwing the softball questions at me. Um, next time we'll look at them ahead of time, but they're, everything's <laughs> about investments, and we're not about investments, yeah, folks. True. All right, and let's play it out. I'm Brett Sasso. Thanks for attending Deserves Podcast, and check out our magazine, deservemagazine.com.